Welcome to Almost Live, a podcast from before podcasting existed, where real life is stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Aphrodite. Welcome to Almost Live, a podcast from before podcasting existed, where real life is stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Aphrodite. Welcome to Episode 7, A Coming Out Story. Six years ago, I made a life-changing decision, and while it has been tough, I am more than happy I decided to go for it. I decided then to live full-time as a Canadian. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm from Chicago, not the Burbs, the city proper. But as a kid, I never really fit in with the other American kids. They tended to be loud, boisterous, gregarious, sometimes gossipy, but that wasn't me. I was fairly quiet, tried to be meek, though in the classroom I was sharp as a tack, and eventually teachers and other students got tired of that, which I guess was one of the reasons I was bullied as much as I was. I only knew I felt different from what I was told the other kids felt like. I had no name for this feeling, no idea what it meant, and couldn't really express what this was like. That changed at age 10. My dad regularly drove us to Montreal to see our grandmother and other relatives there. From Chicago up I-94 to the Ambassador Bridge for duty-free gas, through Windsor to the 401, which changed in Quebec to Auto Vent, and on to Lille Montréal. Dad wanted us to sleep at the border to maybe expedite our passing through. I used to never sleep on long car rides, so I faked it. I remember hearing the astonishment of the CBSA agent. She asked my mom where our Canadian documents were, since she said that me and my siblings were all Canadian. Canadian nationality goes down one generation out of the country, meaning that if you either are born in Canada or are naturalized as a citizen there, if you have children outside of the country, they are Canadians at birth too. But if they then proceed to have children, if they aren't born in the country, they are not Canadian at birth. Nationality law is one of my hobbies, though considering how weird I am, I doubt that's a surprise. But I didn't know this then, and suddenly have a word for what I'm feeling. I'm Canadian? It's an idea that started to make a little sense when I realized how much more relaxed I felt on that side of the border. I couldn't put my finger on why simply crossing that line either way seemed to increase anxiety when going stateside, or decreased it in the land of the maple leaf. I'm Canadian. Well, what exactly did that mean? I tried to come up with a good answer on my own, going online and into libraries to learn what I could, but good luck finding books on Canadiana and typical collections in the States. It took me until about 2010 to get the card that proved I was Canadian. Depression and a lack of direction on my part, coupled with the challenge of locating a place that would be able and willing to print a photo of my head to this very odd specific format made completing the paperwork hard. The Canadian citizenship card was slightly larger than a standard credit card size, laminated seemingly a small piece of typed on paper, but at the border it would suffice to welcome me to a country I could consider a home. So I have this credential, but so what to most people? If they didn't know what they were looking at, it looked no different than the other IDs, especially when the face depicted started to look less like me. Is that card enough to call myself a Canadian? In 2013, after a small biodata fix, I went to get my first Canadian passport. On that trip, I took a friend north who was solely an American. I even helped her get her American passport. Standing on the waterfront in Windsor, after queuing at the office to get that other little blue booklet, my friend remarked, I know it's only a couple miles of water, but I feel so much better on this side. I beamed as I wholeheartedly agreed. 
Now I had a credential every country would be able to see I was Canadian as one could be. I even used it on a trip to a camp in Holland that year to restore old friendships and build new ones. The event was referred to some who had been to the playa as Burning Man with better internet and more water. This was especially the case when the temperatures hit 40 Celsius, 100 Fahrenheit plus in the Netherlands. A typical Dutch summer rarely gets above 30C or 85F. I start to learn more about the history and the culture of that country besides the one I hung my hat in, but to this day I still miss references everyone born here seems to understand instinctively. That acclimatization is hard. I do remember the one slow night at work in 2015 when I was streaming election results from the CBC. It was intriguing to see that wave of red crash from the Atlantic to bring in Trudeau the Younger to the Prime Minister's office. Despite not being able to cast a ballot at that point, I was feeling pretty good inside. Then a year later came 2016, and a decision made almost in haste that seemed foolish in retrospect. I was highly depressed, not just because of the result, but knowing that certain person's reputation for poor behavior. I could not stay in the post I had because I knew we'd be asked to do things at least unethical, if not illegal. Six months later, a coworker contacted me and asked how I knew that would be true. I shrugged since saying I knew too much about that guy would not be helpful. Despite not having a job lined up, only staying at a place that my one friend there wanted to split to save money on rent, I decided to go for it. To say things are easy would be a pretty big lie. I had work issues and health problems and complications besides, but in the end, I'm truly satisfied to be where I am. I never knew such beauty existed before moving here, even if it took several years to finally feel settled in the land where forest meets mountain and mountain meets sea. I still have legacies of being born in the States. My accent, though it's shifted, still is based in my Chicago dialect, though with modifications over time. Most outies don't even think I sound quote-unquote Canadian, and that's fine with me, since if one studies Canadian accents linguistically, one finds they're less pronounced as one is more urban and goes further west. Except for an uncommon Canadianism, my accent sounds almost like one from Portland or Seattle. I'm proud, though, to be a Canadian. I may not wear a leaf flag on my bag, but I don't need to telegraph my Canadianness like that. At least not anymore. The thing is, this story is weird, but the beats ring true since I've had to come out multiple times in my life. Most think coming out is a question of identity or sexuality, but coming out as a person with cancer who has mental health challenges or who has physical health issues can be just as important. I'm open with my issues, so others who may feel the same way know there are others who know almost exactly what that's like. And more importantly, to those who may not realize there's a term or a word for how they feel that such a thing exists. I didn't get my first mental health diagnosis until I was 26 years old when a screener's jaw dropped when I told him I had never attempted to end my own life. He told me, almost deadpan, that he had never seen anyone with as severe a case of depression who hadn't tried to end their life by suicide. And it sucked. I won't even pretend to say anything else. But things can get better. Being open about one's struggles is a very hard step, but that openness often is the most important one to finding community and finding support. Thanks for listening. Check out the link tree for links to help support the show, social media, etc. And I hope you have a good rest of your day.